Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage giving away millions during Super Bowl 55 with the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Square sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free today at rocketmortgagesquares.com. That's rocketmortgagesquares.com. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We welcome in Connor Green for the final two hours. Connor, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, Ken. How about you? good and I got to take something back (sighs) Carl Dukes is filling in for Pony today and I didn't know that and now I feel bad and I don't feel bad because of what I said about Pony I feel bad that Pony didn't hear it because I don't know what happens at 2 o'clock like 210 I get a bunch of tweets like I'm usually driving to the liquor store around 210 truth's the truth (laughs) and I like I stop and I pull into the parking lot and I look at my phone at like 220 and I'm like did you hear what Pony said about you? I'm like, well, no, I was on the phone with my wife. What's what's going on here? And every day at 2 o'clock, he, or every Saturday at 2 o'clock, he's taking shots at me. And I was just disappointed because I'm thinking, well, I know Pony hates top five, and he makes jokes about top five. And I go, yeah, because he likes to hear himself talking. He doesn't want to don't let the producer in. And, Connor, it's all ruined. I don't get to have any fun with it. Carl Dukes is going to be on Carl Dukes, correct? On it, too? It's Carl Dukes, yep. Well, I'm going to be listening to Carl Dukes. I never listen to Ponies Open. I will be listening to Carl Dukes' Open coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. So you better be listening to that one because it's going to be a hell of a show. Way better than the garbage I got going on right now. I'll tell you that right now. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN, he'll join us 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 9.40 a.m. Pacific. We'll talk some of the touts, some of the gambling with him. Also, and, and they got a read here about Tory Pines. And I'll bring that up a little bit later on. I believe is the wasted management open next week, Connor. That I'm not a hundred percent sure of. I believe we will have boots on the ground for the wasted management open. I may need to have special correspondence next Saturday, if it's next Saturday. I think it is to the wasted management open. My plan was to actually try to fly out there last year and. It didn't materialize, and then good and gracious, all the COVID, I can't, who knows. So we'll see what actually happens, because it may be a different type of wasted management open. David and Buffalo is going to call in. You know that, PGA Pro, and he'll, he'll, he'll get us squared away on that. There might not be as many people to do the molly, but there will still maybe be people to do the molly. We'll find out about that. 855-2124-CBS. With the Deshaun Watson conversation, I do think that, that teams – I don't hold it against fans for having the conversation. In so many different places, I think it's worth it to talk about it. I think it's worth, even if your quarterback is Josh Allen in Buffalo, 
even if your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, I think it's worth it to discuss it. How long that conversation is, how passionate that conversation is, those are different things. I I think what Houston has done has been a sacrilege to professional football in so many different fashions. To have this character come in and just uh, listening to the guys down at 610 in Houston and Landry Locker and John Lopez, I mean, we're talking about great radio show hosts down there, and I'm not just kissing ass to kiss ass. I'm being serious here. Guys who are not afraid to let everybody know what they feel about this. This seems to be a Rasputin-type figure. And I would, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I would have no faith, and I don't think that any Texans fan has any faith whatsoever. You pick David Culley. David Culley has to take the job. He's a 65-year-old man. He says he took the job because he knew that Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback. What else is he going to say in an introductory press conference? He knows what he's going to be asked. He can't say anything different. And for Nick Casario, I I think that Nick Casario, I don't always want to judge comments based right there, right then, and go headlong into those comments. Kyle McNair not making comments is one thing. That's, you're the owner, you need to stand in there and take it when you have a chance to take it. You're the one who has to answer for it. The buck's supposed to stop with you. He walked away from the dais. He let everybody else answer the questions. So you can go common air all you want. For Nick Casario, I don't hold Nick Casario accountable to what he says right here, right now. Nick Casario should want to try to fix that situation. Want to try to have some sort of a conversation again and again and again and again and try to work it out with Deshaun Watson. It doesn't look like it's going to be worked out, but I don't accuse them of sticking their head in the sand yesterday on, on what they said in their introductory press conference with, with David Culley. I don't I don't go after him because I don't think that Nick Casero should go up there and go, guys, we just we just lost Deshaun Watson, and I don't know what we're going to do. Can you give me three firsts? Can you give me four first-round picks? Please. Deshaun doesn't want to be here anymore, and we're in a real tight spot. He's not going to do that. Can we have some picks, by the way? Here's, here's the new Texans coach, David Culley, please. Like, that's not going to happen. And I would hope that Nick Casario, we're going to find out here soon enough, I would hope Nick Casario would be smart enough to learn from Bill Belichick and also smart enough to learn from Bill Belichick on what to do and what not to do. He was in New England this year. He knows what he saw. The Patriot way was the Patriot way for a little bit of a reason for Bill Belichick, but the real biggest reason the Patriot way was that is because of Tom Brady. You need a guy who is really good, elite. Tom Brady hasn't always been the greatest of all time, but he was always elite and obsessed with the bottom line. The bottom line is winning. He has to be obsessed with that. It's an, it's not an interest. Ben Roethlisberger, I think over his career has been interested in winning. Tom Brady is obsessed. We hear conversations. There's a guy in Pittsburgh who, who played alongside of Tom Brady who's on the radio and there's a guy in Cleveland, in my city, who played alongside alongside of Tom Brady who was on the radio. And I was talking to a couple of guys in Pittsburgh about it, and I, I couldn't believe it because they said they did the same conversation. They'd have the same conversation. Tom Brady would just start conversations saying he's obsessed with winning. He just wants to win. Weird, interesting pep talks type, type stuff that you see on, on motivational billboards for athletes. That's his conversation. It's a conversation about being obsessed with winning. It's very weird. You look at Tom Brady, a lot of weird things about it, but you know he's about the bottom line. 
And you want Deshaun Watson to be about the bottom line. You want him to buy in. But if he refuses, then you have a decision to make. And I don't blame fan bases from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon, for that matter, just thinking about it, just thinking about what they have. But I also know that there are a lot of situations, and we've had so many calls already today about the Deshaun Watson stuff. There's so many situations that I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense in Buffalo. I don't think it makes sense with the Jets. What you have to give up, you don't have enough to replenish. And then you're just the New York Texans. I also think that there are teams, and I brought this up with Cody Tapp less than 20 minutes ago from 610 in, in, in Kansas City, where I compare them to the Golden State Warriors. There were teams in the NBA during Golden State's great run that overthought it. They overthought it. They tried too hard to be as good, and they didn't get the culture right. They didn't get the work right. They took too much away from their team. They overcorrected. They crashed and burned, trying to be better, trying to compete with the Golden State Warriors. Toronto didn't do that. Toronto made a move. Toronto put together a great system. They won. Cleveland, they had LeBron. They made strong moves, and when they made a crazy move towards the end where you could blame that on LeBron, things took a turn for the far worse. It's so different, but it's so the same. It's the ultimate team game. I've said that constantly, but I don't know if we've seen a guy in any comparison to where we may see see Patrick Mahomes by the end of his career. The only other guy is maybe Tom Brady. So there's going to be a lot of players who are really good quarterbacks, elite-level quarterbacks, who just don't measure up to him. And we're going to look at these guys and say, how can we get better from this position? And we're already seeing it, where it's going to create a different quarterback market. It happened already in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. I like to say it already happened in Cleveland, even though he stayed with the same team with Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. They changed out the coach, and now things are working. I want to see what he's able to do in year four and how he could work with Kevin Stefanski. Tua Tungavailoa was a first-round pick for the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins is pounding. The Miami Dolphins are pounding the table, whether or not they wanted to trade up in the draft or whether or not they, they want to trade for Deshaun Watson, which, yeah, Deshaun Watson, if you're the Dolphins, I think it makes the most sense in the world for the Dolphins. That's a good coach. You were able to squeeze five wins out of a football team that had nobody from the previous defense before and 21 undrafted free agents on that roster in 2019. You got five wins out of that team. You put Deshaun Watson with that coach. You got, a, you got something that can compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yet there's so many teams that I think will have that conversation, but I don't want them to overthink it. I don't want them to overdo it. Philadelphia, they seem to be too convinced about Carson Wentz. Aaron Rodgers, I think it's not possible in Green Bay. Detroit, would you trade it? Would he allow it? Because remember, he's the guy who has to say, that he wants to be traded, or he's the guy who has to approve to be traded because he has a no-trade clause in his contract. Again, that's another weird thing that Jack Easterby just allowed him to have. Seattle's a no. Kansas City's obviously a no. Anybody in their own conference or in their own division with Ryan Tannehill and Jacoby Brissett or whoever it might be in Indianapolis. Jacksonville's interesting, even though it's still in their division. I'd love to have a conversation about Jacksonville. I think that Deshaun Watson can be committed to winning. If it's for the number one overall pick, I don't think I have to give up a lot of picks at all any more than that. 
and you're able to have Trevor Lawrence, I can take Deshaun Watson. Damn, I can do it nearly straight up. The conversation with the L.A. Chargers. People got so mad about the conversation with the Chargers. There's a lot about it that does make sense. Justin Herbert's great. But because Justin Herbert is so great right now, I haven't seen too much of him. His value would be through the roof. There hasn't been a chance to really say that he does this, this, and that wrong. There hasn't been a chance to do that. They're sitting on what looks like a powder keg right now with the Chargers and how how much talent that they have there. We're, again, an underachieving 7-9 football team last year. And you could just about go straight up. Put a veteran there, just like you could put a veteran with Jacksonville, and start anew with Jacksonville, or you could take it on that side and go through the roof with the Chargers. There's a lot of teams, though, it just, why don't fault you for talking about it, it doesn't make sense. The team that I'm afraid of most is the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the owner is obsessed with Ben Roethlisberger and is under some sort of a weird spell there. First call out of the box were the Steelers. You got to talk the Roonies into that. Good luck. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I don't fault the conversation. I just fault some of the sense that's made. Because if we're going in whatever city, whether it be in New York with both of those teams, Chicago, Minnesota, wherever, if you're talking about competing with that guy and you're doing too much to compete with that guy, you could put yourself further away. Because for my childhood, there was Brady. It starts with Manning, but it's really everybody else in that next category. And I could see it this way. It's Mahomes. It might start with Allen or somebody else, but really it's everybody else. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN, 1240 p.m. Eastern, 940 a.m. Pacific. We'll talk to him. Super Bowl 55 beginning to take shape. Props taking shape as well. Work or shoot coming up next. That's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. On CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. I was going to go to work or shoot. We might do work or shoot later, even though I got to get to this. Connor, before 1.20 p.m. Eastern, you have to read up on Jason Collier, okay? All right, will do. Because this, this thing in Texas, we go from Connor Green, who doesn't have a girlfriend, to... A guy named Jason Collier in Texas who has almost a full Major League Baseball roster of girlfriends. That coming up. I got to get to the phone. It's 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I didn't even notice we had all these Deshaun Watson calls. Jeff in Cleveland. Jeff, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon. This is Ugly Jeff from Cleveland. Jeff, um, you're not. I'm, you're, first off, you're a, you're a preacher. You are not ugly. Okay, well, you can't be ugly, Jeff. I well, promise. Well, I am, but that's okay. I admit it. But listen, if I'm the Texans, I don't care what Deshaun Watson wants. I'm not trade. Why would I trade? My franchise quarterback that's 25 years old, who, by the way, I just signed to a four-year contract extension before the beginning of the season. I'm sorry. You know, it's too bad. We're not going to trade you, and you're going to be here 
and basically he has no recourse because he's not going to sit out, hold out for six for four seasons. Well, so I'm that's... not unless you are just going to just overwhelm me. I'm not trading this guy. Uh, you said on your show this week, and it's true. Well, no, 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 no. I, I said I wouldn't trade for him is what I no, said. No, no, and, and I'm, no, I'm just saying that. I'm saying oh. that how you talked about how teams uh, try to get this uh, guy like Deshaun Watson, and now you draft him, and now you want to trade him because he's unhappy. I'm sorry. I'm not Kobe Altman, You're not, and I'm not doing the Kyrie Irving. You're <laughs> well, let, under let contract, you and I'm going to keep you here. That, that's that's all well and good, and they have every right to say that. They have every, and, and, by, and this is why I say about Nick Casario. He, he's learned from Belichick that you're the one in power. You cannot allow them to have the power, the players. And he traded away Randy Moss when Randy Moss became a problem. They got rid of Richard Seymour. They got rid of guys for showing up late. Like, it didn't matter. Like, you show up late once, and we will banish you to the dregs of the NFL. This is the different thing, though. I'm keeping him, and as far as the talk that's been going on in this town, it's ridiculous that you want to trade a guy that's on his way up who there's the margin of uh, talent difference between Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield is not that great of a gap. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, I, if I'm the Texans, I'm sticking with him. And, you know, the other teams, sorry, he's not available. This is, this is the ugly part of it, though, Jeff. And you're not ugly, but thank you very much for the call. When it comes to Cleveland, I just think you're giving up too much. That defense was garbage, and I don't know how you, ha- I don't know how you, how you help that football team stop Patrick Mahomes by making that defense worse. Baker Mayfield played well last year. Baker Mayfield played like a franchise quarterback in 2020. And we had calls all week. We had my co-host. My co-host loves Deshaun Watson. I mean, compression shorts in his mouth loves Deshaun Watson. And I still said no. I think Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield. I think the difference is negligible. I think it's a I think it's a three or four in there. If I were going to rank the quarterbacks in the AFC right now. But I wouldn't make that trade. But this is the problem that Deshaun, or this is the problem that the Texans have. This is where I, I have to disagree with Jeff. Deshaun does have options. If he doesn't retire, I believe it's a twenty. I said twenty-seven million. I think it's twenty-seven million. You know, Michael Lombardi was on the afternoon show in, in our city this week in Cleveland, and he said Deshaun Watson didn't have problems. And I said my whole, or he he said Deshaun Watson didn't have options and. My producer got in. My uh, my boss got in. Goes can he just? I, I don't care. I disagree. It's I'm allowed to disagree with Michael Lombardi because if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to file paperwork with the NFL to retire, he can keep his 27 million. Now he could be sued into oblivion and tied into litigation with the Houston Texans for eons and eons and eons and eons. He can be fined, I guess, but I think he can only be fined against what he may collect on his future salary. But if he signed a, if he signed a contract extension, this is something that the lawyers would have to work out, if he signed a contract extension with a guarantee of $27 million, I said it at the beginning of the show and I'll continue to say it, and I'll say it for eons and eons and eons because it's the truth. A man who no longer cares about money is the most dangerous man you know. Money keeps us honest with one another. If Deshaun Watson, if it's become personal with Deshaun, and my God, it seems that it has. If it's become personal with Deshaun Watson, and he doesn't care about money, and he thinks he's got enough money, he can do whatever he wants, you're in a bad spot. 
Because if he does not want to play for you, you could drag this out, or you could use a few first-round picks, couldn't you? I'd rather have first-round picks than another quarterback than no Deshaun Watson, no first-round picks, and no chance whatsoever with David Culley. I don't know how quickly this will get done. This this seems like something that, that will be drug on for a while here. Because if I'm Houston, I'm trying to talk him into it. That part, I can agree with Jeff. If I'm Houston, I'm calling him up. I'm trying to visit him. I'm sending him an edible arrangement. I, I'm, I'm sending him whatever he needs. I'm trying to work this thing out. Come on, let's come together on this. And if I'm Kyle McNair, I would have fired Jack Easterby two months ago. I don't know why you have to hold on to a guy over Deshaun Watson for crying out loud. I don't know what you're holding on to a guy who's a life coach before this. I can find other guys to tell me what I like to hear. I could call Miss Cleo back in the day if I needed to, to tell me things I wanted to hear. I need to keep this person in my front office, even though it upsets the thought of him even upsets my quarterback, my franchise quarterback, the face of my franchise. I have to rebuild with something over here. And it might not be as simple as just firing Jack Easterby. I can understand that too. Yet, if he does not want to play, he doesn't have to file paperwork with the NFL. Nothing tells him he has to do that. And he could be determined enough to say, I got enough money to sit on right now. I'll see you in court. I'm going to try to get out of this. Or you could have an upcoming season coming around where you don't have another quarterback. You got this what looks like lame duck situation already at the head coaching spot where you've put Josh McCown in as a pseudo-offensive coordinator, but he's not really because he wants to coach his kids, which Josh McCown is great and wonderful, and I don't want to blame him for any of that. And you can have that pseudo-situation, and you really have a, a moment where you had Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett all over again, but over there in Houston. And you don't have Deshaun Watson, and you don't have picks. Good luck. Because I've seen laughing stocks in my day. That's awful. 855-2124-CBS. Hayden in Alabama. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Hayden. Hey, man. How are you today? Doing wonderful, Hayden. You go right on ahead, man. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. First off, I just wanted to say that I love your city of Cleveland. Big, big Browns fan down here in Alabama. Well, wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Go ahead. No problem, man. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on you with uh, touch base on, like, so Deshaun Watson going to the Panthers, I feel like that, that would just be a fantastic matchup. You know what I'm saying? You got – or not matchup, uh, combination. You got yeah. Deshaun Watson, McCaffrey in the backfield, and then you got Mike Davis as backup, who is obviously uh, – he's proved that he can he can not take a start. Well, I guess he did kind of take a starting role last year, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, well, what's the, got, what's the picks? What's the picks I got to give up? Because there's going to be a price tag at some point there. Because I, I, I always uh, know that I, I'm going to need help on that football team. They're 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 where they're at for a reason, and I love Matt Rule, yeah. but I got I got to give Matt Rule more pieces and Deshaun Watson more pieces than just each other and Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah, I know sir, they got no, DJ no, Moore no. too. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was I was going to say you got uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah. Uh, DJ Moore, then you got Curtis Samuel, and also I, I was yeah. going to say you give up maybe this year's first round pick, uh, next year's first round pick, and then the year after that uh, a, a second round pick maybe. And, but not only that, but um, maybe next year they trade somebody for a first round pick. Well, or maybe a, a bundle of people. Well, this is the, you see because now we're starting to go out in the weeds a little bit there. I, I I think the matchup. I agree with you. I think the combo would be great. I think that he and Matt Rule Hayden. 
I, I, I've become a real big fan of Matt Rule over this last year. I thought that he handled a really tough situation. And Hayden, thank you very much for the call. I think he handled a very tough situation very well. To watch that offense, I, I think that there were times where they just didn't have the horses. And there's still a team that's trying to build themselves back up. Well, that's going to be another problem with Deshaun Watson. See, because this is the first one where there are people who are critical of Deshaun Watson. And it's going to be hard to defend him on this, where you had a 4-12 and team. You're supposed to be the face of a franchise. You're quote-unquote quitting on a 4-12 and team. Will you find problems in Carolina? Will you become disgruntled again in Carolina? Is this something that's going to continue? That's another part of the conversation that gets brought in. I can't answer that. I think that he's a guy who should be a competitor. you got to understand that there's going to be ups and downs. And you are playing in a conference, and you will continue to play in a conference if you're still in the AFC, that you look at some of these quarterbacks and some of these last names here. Just let me give it to you. Allen, Jackson, Mayfield, Burrow, Tannehill I throw in there even though he's 32 years old, Lawrence more than likely, Patrick Mahomes, Herbert. Out of that list, there's more quarterbacks there than there are playoff spots. So you may find yourself in a spot, and I think the, the NFC is eventually going to get to this, even though the NFC seems like it's the, the conference of grand old men. You're going to find yourself in moments where you've played very well, your team was very well, but there's just not enough spots to make the postseason now. Because now we find more teams, and I hate this, but it's the truth, we find more teams that are okay with losing going into a season. Jacksonville was perfectly fine with losing going into the season. The Jets, they claim one thing, and I can never trust the Jets. They seemed to be pretty fine when they were giving up Jamal Adams for picks, that they were just fine with losing going into the season to go out and get their quarterback. If we're going to find more of this, it's going to take more wins. It's going to be a higher standard to get to the postseason, which makes the NFL look good because you don't want seven and nine teams getting in still. You're going to need more wins, but we are going to be more critical of those quarterbacks. So Deshaun Watson may very well find himself in the NFC or AFC, especially the AFC, where you're in a spot where you are 10-6, and 11-5 even. And you may or may not be making the postseason. And if you may or may not make the postseason, and you've already been traded away from the Houston Texans to one of those other teams, whoo, heaven help you. You're going to be put in a very bad mood very quickly. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up at 1, i got to get into a different subject of this because i got to get to this Jason Collier stuff. It's just too juicy. Also, a tribute to John Chaney. Up next, Josh Applebaum. VEASAN. We talk gambling with him. What else? It's VEASAN. It's fantastic stuff. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! On CBS Sports Radio. Starting today, the 2021 PGA Tour is back on CBS. Kepka, McElroy, Mickelson, and Fowler. Head to Torrey Pines to compete at the Farmers Insurance Open. Coverage begins today and tomorrow at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. The PGA Tour is on CBS. The voice is different, Connor, and the cadence of it was that close to Jim Nance or no? That was pretty good, Ken. I would confuse that with Jim Nance if I didn't know the difference. Bet your ass. Bet your ass. No one can touch me at Jim Nance impressions. Actually, plenty of people can. All right, let's go to the hotline. We welcome in from Beeson. He's an author. It was the number one book on Amazon for sports betting. 
He's the author of the Everything Guide to Sports Betting. You can find him on VEASAN Live. You can find him on VEASAN.com. It's Josh Applebaum. Find him on Twitter, at Josh underscore insights. Josh, how the hell are you, friend? Ken, I'm doing great. Great to talk to you once again on a Saturday here, and uh, really, uh, really happy to be on CBS Sports Radio with you. So uh, big college hoops day, big NHL day, but I'm sure we're going to talk some Super Bowl betting. Oh, obviously we have to. By the way, so how, how surprised are you that, that gambling has just shot through the roof the way it has really over the last just couple of years? It, it seems like overnight this thing went from the back room at my barber's to just all over the place now. Yeah, it, it's awesome, Ken. And I think, you know, those of us who've been working in the industry a long time, we always crossed our fingers. And I remember, uh, you know, my first job in the industry working at a sports betting analytics company. Remember Chris Christie started to get really the ball rolling in court back in like 2012. And really uh, that watershed moment in 2018 when PASPA was overturned by the Supreme Court. And it's just been incredible ever since. We have about 20 states that are live and operational with legal betting. We have uh, about five more in the pipeline here. And and I'm in Massachusetts, so fingers crossed uh, Massachusetts gets legalized soon. But it's fantastic. If people want to bet, they should be able to bet. And hopefully we can use that money to, uh, I don't know, pave some roads, fill some potholes, and help some schools. That's my, that's my goal. That's what I like to hear. Josh Applebaum joining us on the show. Can I call you a, a sharp? Is that right or wrong? <laughs> you can call me sharp. Uh, technically, I am a sports betting reporter. But um, I'd like to think that uh, my goal here is to always – you know, read line movement, identify sharp action. I, I have a contrarian mindset, so I'm trying to kind of find the sweet spot of betting against the public. You walk into a bar, whoever uh, everyone's cheering for, drunk at the bar, you want to be on the opposite side. You want to be with the house. You want to read the line movement, and you want to identify sharp money and uh, be with the pros and uh, hopefully beat the closing line, too. So, yeah, you can call me a sharp, Ken. I'll take it. So where's most of the – I love now I, see, now I feel like I'm really getting something here. I'm getting the real inside stuff here. Josh <laughs> Applebaum joining us on the show. So where's most of the money moving for the Super Bowl here? What's going on? Yeah, so we've seen some interesting movement here, Ken. Number one, uh, the first thing that we've seen is a line move toward uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So uh, Tampa Bay opened uh, around a three-and-a-half-point dog, and they're down to three. So number one, you're just seeing the line move toward Tampa Bay, and that's important because really the majority of the betting public, about two-thirds of bets, you look across all the legal sports books and across the market, uh, about two-thirds of bets are laying this this spread here with Patrick Mahomes. He's playing great. feel like Kansas City can't be beat here. But this match is a system I really look at, talking about reverse line movement. Even though you're having a big majority of bets lay the points with Kansas City, this line has fallen three-and-a-half down to three. So that's a situation where the books are adjusting this number down. Uh, it tells me that you took in some respected money hitting Tampa Bay plus three-and-a-half. We did see – uh, at BetMGM in Nevada yesterday, there was a $2.3 million bet on Tampa Bay, plus 3.5 at minus 115 odds. So in football, the hook is key. You know, three is a key number. Majority of games uh, are disproportionately land on three. So the hook could be critical here. And also you've seen the system where uh, when you see a line move toward a dog, so that the dog uh, is basically getting a, a shorter of a, of a dog here. You're going 3.5 to 3. These situations, 15-3 uh, and three ATS, Last four playoffs, line moving toward a dog, uh, eight, that's 83%, so in four and one ATS this, uh, this postseason. And this has been a, a recurring theme here with Tom Brady because you look at that Saints game, you look at the Packers game, both situations where public was on the Saints, public was on the Packers, yet that line was dropping toward Tampa Bay. So uh, as of now here, Ken, we still have a week, a week away. These limits are going to get raised. More and more money is going to come in. But as of now, it looks like Sharps targeted uh, Tampa Bay plus three and a half with the hook. 
Josh Applebaum, VEASAN, joining us on the show. You wrote respected money. Is that what that means, or is that the amount of money that's popped in over that? So that looks to be respected money. I mean, you definitely think uh, when you're looking at line moves, really line moves are triggered by respected money coming in. So, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather or a rich celebrity bets a million dollars. They may not move the line too much. It's really money that's coming in from respected bettors. You know, uh, you always hear about uh, Billy Walters or Jimmy the Greek or Ace Rothstein. It's these people who have respect of the sports books and they, they're betting with an edge and, uh, you know, usually what pros do is they'll set their own number on a game. So if they have this game at three based on their power ratings and they're getting a hook with a three and a half, boom, that's value at Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, obviously the books, they'd love to balance their action and, and uh, really limit their risk and liability. But the fact that this line is falling tells me it's not average Joe's betting Tampa Bay. It's respected money causing that line to drop. Who do you like right now? Do you, do you flip-flop it all or do you pick a route and you stay with it the entire time? What, what are you thinking here? So I try to beat the closing line. I, I try to monitor the mar- market, you know, find a, a sharp side. And to me, again, it's uh, I'm not a pro handicapper. I'm not a, I'm not a, a wise guy in the, in the layman's terms. But I'm looking at a sweet spot where my model fits, where I'm against the public, which would be Kansas City, where I'm with the sharp action, which, which would be Tampa Bay, and I'm trying to beat the closing line. That means I'm trying to bet the game at a better number than where it closes at. So uh, my play is, is Tampa Bay plus three and a half. You know, I got the three and a half here. I love seeing it fall to three. Now, if you like KC, the three, you know, is available to you here. It's juiced minus three, minus 120. So we may see it go back to three and a half. If you get into Super Bowl week and you get some uh, some buyback here at minus three, if you like Tampa, do not bet them right now. You're only getting a three. But if that line moves back to three and a half, that's what I would target. And remember, these teams, they met up week 12, and Kansas City was pretty much in control. But that was a 27-24 game, and Tampa Bay covered with the hook to three and a half. So the hook is crucial here. Uh, got a lot of dog systems with line moves in the playoffs, matching with Tom Brady. So uh, I'll be sweating Brady in the box three and a half here, Ken. Josh Applebaum joining us from Vison. Okay, now th- this seems to be the same thing that was going on while watching the markets earlier this week, and everybody's going, explain to me like I'm six what's going on. Explain <laughs> to me the money line like I'm a six-year-old here. Go. Yeah, so money line is just you don't care about the point spread. All you care about is who will win the game. So uh, obviously, you know, favorites w- win a majority of the games, but – you know, the odds makers got to add pros and cons to betting both. So uh, if you don't care about the spread and you're just looking at who will win the game, you know, right now the Chiefs are around minus 165 on the money line. You would have to lay 165 bucks in order to win 100. On the flip side, the Bucks they're plus 145. So if you bet 100 on the Bucks and they win the game, you're going to win $145 here. So, um, you know, if you have a position here, and we do have a trend in the Super Bowl where typically the team that that covers ends up winning um, and, and you want to be a little bold, you know, the bucks plus plus one fifty to win the game. That's appetizing. But uh, again, you know, you want to kind of, I don't like laying big numbers on, especially on minus numbers. You see a lot of people money line parlay, a lot of favorites. Um, but yeah, that would just be uh, who wins the game straight up. Obviously chiefs are favored more risk, but they're expected to win and Brady and the bucks bigger payout here. Uh, but of course they're, they're the underdog. So uh, that's the distinction. Spread, money, line, and totals. Those are your most popular football bets. You like the over? So this is funny here, Ken. Uh, you took some some smart money here on the under, believe it or not. You know, you look at these teams, you think it's going to be a really high-scoring game, but this total opened 57.5, which is very, very high for a football game. Uh, and even though the, the public majority of bets are hammering this over, expecting a high-scoring game, and it very well may go over, the line has actually dropped. So 57.5 down to 56.5. I'm seeing some 56s out there. So that kind of fits a trend that we've seen in recent Super Bowls 
where over the last decade, when the total is 50 or higher, the under is 4-1, and one, believe it or not. Remember the Patriots-Rams a couple of years ago? That was a 57. It was a 13-3 game. Uh, last year with Jimmy G and, and KC, that was a 52. It landed 51. So it's one of these situations where, you know, if it goes over and you bet the under, you feel like an idiot. But everyone's betting the over, yet the line is falling. So maybe we get another one of those 27-24 type games. Uh, and there's definitely some money to that under. Josh Applebaum joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter, at Josh underscore insights. What's some of the props? What's some of the more interesting ones? Yeah, tons of prop bets uh, out here, Ken, and really Propapalooza. You know, we've seen prop bets. The handle for props actually become uh, almost at the same or bigger than the actual game here. So a lot of props going on. Um, you know, obviously you can bet on Super Bowl MVP. Uh, right now Patrick Mahomes is the odds-on favorite around even money or minus 120, and you have Tom Brady around plus 200. Uh, one thing to keep an eye out if you're betting props, though, um, you know, one, one that I do like is Brady over a half of an interception, so over 0.5. He just needs to throw one pick. Uh, you're around minus 130 there. Brady threw three picks last game. He's kind of, uh, you know, I'm hoping he plays well and covers and maybe wins the game, but he's kind of, uh, you know, based on that, that matchup there, prone to maybe throw one pick there. So I like that over. But here's the thing, um, you know, a lot of recreational bettors love betting overs, love betting yeses, want, want to turn 10 bucks into 100 But pros actually lean on a lot of no's and a lot of unders. Um, they're okay with laying a minus number. So here's two, two bets that are, are – it's not a great price. You're laying a big minus number. But will there be a safety? No. And will there be uh, – will the game go to overtime? No. Those are kind of two favorites that pros always target. It's a big number. It's minus, you know, 700, so you're not going to – I uh, have a huge payout there. Um, and then also, uh, Ken, I, I know you were looking to bet the coin flip, uh, mm-hmm. but don't do it, my man. The coin flip, everyone loves betting it, but you got to pay minus 105 juice both sides, uh, and you're paying more than uh, 50% uh, on something that happens 50% of the time. So uh, if you want to have some fun, some people say tails never fails. Tails uh, has landed 20, 29 times, heads 25 times in the last 54 Super Bowls. But uh, I would recommend don't betting the coin flip because you're paying a higher price than what it's worth. Is there anybody who's ever said to you, like it's Carl Chiefers who's doing this game, right, as the ref? So do they go back through the weeks 1 through 17 and they go, well, you know, he's due to throw tails this time. But because <laughs> it's a, is it a different coin and then it throws it off. Has there ever been a conversation about that? So believe it or not, I actually had someone uh, send me a direct message on Twitter, and they and it's someone I respect, and it could be completely bogus, but uh, they made a very compelling argument that the Super Bowl commemorative coin is a little bit heavier on the head mm-hmm. side. The head side has more embroidery, and it's a it's slightly heavier. So if if you do the research, um, you know technically with the heavier head side, it's more prone to land on tails. So I don't know if I believe it, Ken, but hey, it's 29 times tails, 25 heads. So uh, if you if you like the if you like the coin flip, I'd lean tails. But I think your uh, your best idea, idea there is to lay off and maybe uh, maybe look for another prop you like better. This is so great. This is you good God. It's just so great. <laughs> so, but I should stay away from this. See now you, you, you when you say that, and now I feel like I got inside knowledge. Now I want to get in on it, and I want to I want to bet on the coin flip, even <laughs> though you just told me not to bet on the coin flip. Well, here's the thing, Ken. If you do want to play it, and again, this could be totally bogus. It may have some validity. Who knows? But if you're going to play it and you want to bet tails, here's the key. Search for the best sports book giving you the best number because, you know, we live in an age of legalization. There are tons of different legal sports books, and they have different numbers. Just like if you're going to buy a car, you know, uh, if one one dealership has it for 30000 another has 29500 you know, shop for the best line. So look around and 
uh, you may find a book with minus 102 juice or minus 101 or minus 103. So just try to find the lowest juice possible. That way, if you win, uh, you maximize your payout. His name is Josh Applebaum. You can find him on Twitter, at Josh Insights. He wrote the book. Literally, he wrote the book on betting. The Everything <laughs> Guide to Sports Betting. Josh, I can't thank you enough for the time. All the best, my friend. Ken, you're the best. Thanks so much for having me on, and uh, good luck today. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. Josh Applebaum joining us on the show. See, it's so apropos. I, I, I thought yesterday or last week, because we're getting down to it, it's like, all right, now i got to start watching college basketball. Do I put some action on college basketball? to make sure that I watch the college basketball. Do I do that? And the thing about the coin, I mean, good God, if you're talking about more embroidery on the coin, on the on the head side of things, the thing that the only thing that takes fun out of it for me is that last thing that he mentioned about looking up the best books. Because some of the fun of it is, it, it, there is, there's a little bit of uh, seedy fun of in the back of the uh, back of the barber shop, at the Elks Club or the Moose or something like that, filling it out for the Orioles, filling out the uh, filling out the parlay. The for entertainment purposes only, the forecast, that type of thing. There was fun to it, and now it's like, gosh, I got to get out my phone, I got to do the apps, I got to check out the sites, I got to check out the, the the numbers I'm getting from certain from certain books. It's a lot of work. This is professionalization over here. But Josh, I tell you what, you want to put something down. Josh knows what he's talking about. 855-2124-CBS. Worker shoot coming up. A tribute to John Chaney. And I got to tell you a story about a man named Jason Collier. You ain't going to believe it. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.